the other obsession that's a red herring is revenue. I mean, if you're on Amazon, it doesn't even touch your bank account. It isn't yours to start with. Mm-hmm. It's such a red herring. It's so irrelevant. And yet it seems so important. But profit's the only thing we get to keep. And it's if you are selling something at a 30% margin and uh, you can double your conversion rate without increasing your ad spend, then you are probably going to be looking at, you know, a tripling of your profit. We are Michael Vesey in London, England. And Jason Miles in Seattle, Washington. More importantly, you are the owner of a thriving online business and you want to become the best e-commerce leader you can be. We're here to get you there. For show notes with links and resources mentioned today and for other GC resources like downloads, just visit our blog, theecommerceleader.com. Today's sponsor is Eva, the best AI repricer for Amazon profits. Private label sellers, are you wasting your cash? Eva reprices your products for you, and the result is up to 50% more profits. Eva serves hundreds of seven-figure sellers in the USA and is now out for British and European sellers as well. For a 15-day free trial, go to amazingfba.com forward slash Eva. That's amazingfba.com forward slash E-V-A. What would happen if you doubled your e-commerce conversion rate? What would happen if you doubled it again after that? In this conversation, we're going to work through a strategic framework for pursuing radical conversion rate improvements to explore the bounds of what is possible for you in your situation. Welcome to the mini workshop. I'm going to call it a mini workshop on conversion rate possibility frontiers. Michael, are you ready to talk all things conversion rate? I absolutely am. I, I just I'm intrigued by this phrase conversion rate possibility frontiers. It sounds very mysterious. So before we get into details, give us a bit more context. What is that all about? Yeah, sure. Of course. Yeah. This phrase is from the production uh, management systems, you know, textbooks or whatever. Production possibility frontiers is the concept. And I've co-opted it and applied it to e-commerce thinking. And I think it really fits as a nice framework to to this idea of exploring the possibilities of conversion rate potential in your site. And so if you're just listening somewhere on your computer right now and you want to Google production possibility frontiers just to see the the layout of the type of graph or chart it is, that's fine. I'll show it actually here in a moment, I think, on our live recording, if that makes uh, the most sense, because it is a helpful framework and tool. And so that's sort of the origin of the, the phrase itself, yeah. Yeah, great. I, I think um, you've got a really beautiful uh, set of graphics here. So if you listen to the uh, podcast, obviously you won't hear that, but I guess we'll put it in the show notes at theecommerceleader.com. Do you mind sharing that graph? Because I think it might might give us a bit of a visual for those. Yeah, watching. let me do that and uh, for the live audience. So just look at it together. And then for the, the people listening, just imagine in your mind what I describe here for you. So, so the idea here uh, that we're looking at, uh, imagine you've got a standard, you know, a chart like you'd chart, uh, you know, chart something out with a left and right axis. And then on the, uh, let me zoom in on it here if I can, uh, on the um, bottom left corner, imagine drawing a little bubble that just fits in the corner of the chart and, and plug into that bubble your current conversion rate. Now, Michael, I'm thinking about this with the logic of a Shopify store owner. What's your um, thought in terms of how this is useful for Amazon sellers? We're going to walk through that before we move on to 
it's even simpler. Yeah, I mean, the thing about Amazon is that we don't get to see the bit where Amazon creates a brand, attracts people to the website and all the stuff that Shopify or direct to consumers mm-hmm. store owners have to do. Mm-hmm. So it's even more basic. I mean, the conversion rate is, if you like, a more basic one of the things we can see and control. We don't get to see demographic data. We don't get to yeah. see visits, all that stuff. But we do get shared the conversion rate data by Amazon, at least some of it. And so there's the exact same theory applies. No difference. And in Seller Central, the, what's the phrase that you would, or what would you poke in around and look at? Yeah, so you're looking at the business reports, probably by ASIN, by parent ASIN or by child ASIN, depending whether you have variations or not. And within mm-hmm. that, you look for unit session percentage, which is basically the number of units sold in, say, a week or a month, mm-hmm. divided by the number of sessions in that period. That's the standard one that Amazon gives us automatically. Okay. Yeah, and in Shopify, you look on your uh, analytics tab. And then you'd see in the bottom left corner, you'd see your, uh, you know, conversion rate. And so, so let's look at this for another moment. And, and so you've got your, your chart there and you've got your little bubble in the bottom left corner and you've plugged in what your current conversion rate in it is. And then what you do is just draw another bubble beyond that up and to the right and then add the, the double, you know, like if you're at 2% conversion rate, then that second bubble would be 4%. And then do a third bubble. And that bubble would be a double again. The third one would be 8%. So you go from two to four to eight. And whatever your numbers are, then just uh, draw it that way. That's a very simplistic I, you know, view of the, the, the chart itself and something that hopefully, zoom in a little bit there for the people who are watching, looking at this live, it gives you just a mental framework to think about. And of course, on the left-hand side of the chart, you could plot it as your conversion rate percentage. So it could go from you know, 2% to 2.5 to 3 to 3.5. And on the bottom of the chart, you could plot your current revenue. So if you're currently making, let's just say your current conversion rate is 2% and you currently make $10,000 a month. Well, what would happen is if, if you doubled your conversion rate to 4% and you can just plot your money that way going forward. And it's a very simple concept. But as I like to say, big doors swing on little hinges. And if you can focus on your conversion rate performance, then it really unlocks a whole host of benefits for you that I think are important for us to work through and talk about for for a couple minutes before we jump into some specific tactics about how to do this. Yeah, I agree. It's often one of the things we're talking about with our sort of parallel uh, show, the new one for for season three, the call-in show. We talked about the fact that curation and deciding what to focus on out of the many, many metrics we get thrown up by any internet marketing system or any internet-based system at all. What do we focus on? And I think uh, one of the things we can do today is to sell people on the importance of really focusing on conversion rates. And I think you and I are both convinced, but Sell us a bit more on this. Why is focusing on conversion rate really a top priority rather than just an also ran for you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm in conversations daily with, you know, our clients that we work with on their on their e-commerce sites. And it's just a, fear, a frequent refrain that I hear, which is, I need more traffic. <laughs> I need more traffic. And our minds as e-commerce sellers, some for some reason, gravitate to, toward that. I need more traffic. I need more customers, you know, top of funnel thinking. But as a practical matter, if you just focus on your conversion rate, you'd actually, let's just say, if you doubled your conversion rate, you'd be doubling your revenue with zero additional marketing cost. So think about that. No incremental marketing cost, but you doubled your revenue. You'd radically transform the results of your marketing work that you do. So, you know, if your conversion rate's a lot higher than any Facebook ad you set up, any YouTube ad, any email campaign you do, all of those perform radically better because 
your site performance is better. So th those are two two benefits, uh, two more, and then we'll just talk about these, but you'd make more money from fewer customers. And all things being equal, the leanest possible system to run is the one that makes maximum income from minimum customers. Not that you don't want to serve the whole world, but you get my point. The fewer customers you have in your system the, that gets you to your viable business revenue numbers, the better off uh, you are because you've got fewer customer service complaints, fewer returns, refunds, drama, site traffic problems, If you know to the extent there are good problems to have when they break your site and that kind of thing. And then this fourth idea is if you really plot this out, a doubling of your revenue, your top line revenue in this manner without incremental expense for advertising and that kind of thing will likely mean quite a dramatic improvement in your net profit. And so it's not just the doubling of your net profit because you didn't increase your, your advertising related costs. So the power and beauty of a simplistic focus on conversion rate optimization is nothing to be like ignored. I mean, it, it's literally like you could spend years trying to get really good at this and it would pay off in spades over and over for you. And so there, there you go. I mean, that's some of the reason in my mind why, and I'm sure there are many other reasons why it's a good idea. But I, I think this is uh, just incredibly powerful. I just want to hammer home a couple of those points because I think they're really critical. I mean, the first thing I want to say is more than doubling your profits. I think it's really easy to blow past this one. It's because we get somehow, as you said, traffic's one of the obsessions. I don't even know why, but we've all been trained to think it's important. If you're on Amazon, I guess it's because it's all about traffic. It's such a big traffic engine. That's why people get obsessed with it. And mm -hmm. and then the other obsession that's a red herring is revenue. I mean, if you're on Amazon, it, it doesn't even touch your bank account. It isn't yours to start with. Mm -hmm. It's such a red herring. It's so irrelevant. And yet it seems so important but profits the only thing we get to keep and it's if you are selling something at a 30 percent margin and uh, you can double your conversion rate without increasing your ad spend then you are probably going to be looking at you know a tripling of your profit at, which is just not small i mean that could take your business if you're going to add a 3x multiplier to it let's mm -hmm. be modest and just sell an Amazon-based business, which is not as valuable as we know as a direct-to-consumer Shopify-based one, then you probably nine you you could have add another two three hundred thousand dollars to your mm. business value just in mm. one go. Yeah. Which when you ex extrapolate over the, you know the period of the the business value, and if you sell it, a lot of people do sell up their uh, businesses now, as one of our mastermind members just mm -hmm. did. Yeah. That that is really massive in its yeah. impact, yeah. all from one metric, the conversion rate. Yeah. So that's the first thing to say. The other thing I would say is this. If you sell on Amazon, Amazon understands this. That's why you cannot separate getting a conversion rate good from mm -hmm. SEO, i.e. organic, mm -hmm. quotes, free traffic from Amazon. Amazon is not going to grace you with ranking, i.e. getting visibility, if you have a lousy conversion rate because it sends a pretty obvious and probably pretty obvious signal that it's accurate. Mm -hmm. People aren't buying your stuff very much. They probably don't like it. Either they don't like the image or they don't like the review rating or they don't like the price. So it's it's uh, not something you can get away with anyway yeah i totally agree it's one of those things that i think that new e-commerce sellers don't understand enough until they you know have put some mile mileage on their vehicle in <laughs> essence in, in terms of just spending years going around the laps a few you know or whatever the metaphor might be and then you realize dang man if i increase my my conversion rate you know it really has a radical impact so there you go so that that's the reason why this is so important at the 30,000 foot view and there are obviously then you know specific things that are possible in terms of how to do it before we move on jacob mentioned that yes people do in fact like to triple their profit 
I'm pretty sure that's a a positive sentiment amongst all e-commerce sellers. Yeah, people do want to triple their profit. They've just been distracted by revenue. They've kind of got Mm -hmm. profits important, but right now I'm focused on revenue as opposed to Mm revenue is everything. Profit is, sorry, revenue is not everything. Profit's everything and revenue is just a metric that leads to that. I think it's a reversing of priorities, isn't it? Okay, so look, we've established it's really important. So what goes into actually improving our our conversion rates? How do we Mm -hmm. actually do it? Yeah, so the the short list that I'm going to share here is just, you know, my thinking on this, I think added to this list. And so the first thing I would say is the highest quality traffic you can get to listing uh, on Amazon or to your Shopify store uh, is a central driver to conversion rate. And if you just think about it, 30,000 foot view, again, the the people who are coming to your site, you know, if you look at your analytics, sometimes you can see, oh, they're, they're on my site for 15 seconds and they leave, you know, I mean, that that's not good, and and so the quality of the customer or prospect that you send to your site is really really uh, a determining factor, and, and that's a whole universe of topics. I mean, there, there's a lot there to poke around in and think about. But suffice this to say, it's something to put on the list and then to ask yourself the question: How do I get the highest possible uh, quality traffic to my product or my not my website? A few specific tips in that regard is if you improve the number of return visitors or repeat buyers, if that number goes up, your conversion rate number will go up. That is corollary, like all, all the way, just straight corollary. The The higher your returning customer rate, the higher your conversion rate. And And I have example after example of this because I work with people every single day in their Shopify sites. And you can just look a super low returning customer rate number in Shopify analytics. And it's in the top right corner. It's the third box on the right. That number, if it's insanely low, the conversion rate will be insanely low. And that number, if it's insanely high, the conversion rate will be insanely high. So for example, I, I know of Shopify sites um, that have a returning customer rate in the 75 to 95% rate, meaning only 25% of the customers visiting or prospects visiting are are new to the site and the conversion rate is in the 15 to 18% range. Now that's those numbers most Shopify sellers would be like I never heard of anything like that. That's like cuckoo for cocoa puffs. And so this is this is the idea that the higher quality traffic the higher the conversion rate. And so that's something to think about. So the other thing that r- correlates directly to quality of traffic is improving the number of times or the number of uh, percentage points that you can get on any type of win back retargeting for abandoned checkout. Many e-commerce Shopify sites that we work with in the last year or two have benefited tremendously by implementing text, SMS, abandoned checkout, follow-up. You know, the the core functionality of Shopify now does an abandoned checkout email, and that's cool. But text abandoned checkout through a tool like SMS Bump is uh, a benefit of your your conversion rates, a direct benefit of that effort. So those are just two ideas related to quality of traffic. I know that I'm I'm sure that there are many other things as you think about Amazon selling situations, Michael, but just the quality, you know, is is the first thing to camp on a bit. Yeah. Yeah. I I think again, after a, an obsession with traffic per se is just an obsession with traffic quantity, isn't it? And and again, it's differentiated between quality and quantity Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. in the end I can understand uh, from a simplistic point of view, why it seems to translate because, you know, in the end profit is a number, but, but numbers, that number is 
weirdly not just a number it hides the fact that there's a small number of people who love your products driving a big percentage of that number and i think Mm -hmm. that that's why the quality thing gets lost because i think it's harder to measure and i guess the uh, i love by the way cooking for cocoa puffs i I guess what you're saying is Mm -hmm. (laughs) 18 percent conversion rate on shopify sounds like completely cloud cuckoo land you you don't know cuckoo for cocoa puffs it's it's an american thing Oh, commercial for cereal. Cocoa Puff cereal in the uh, 70s? Cocoa Puffs, I'm a, yeah, yeah, 70s kid, I guess. Cocoa Puffs. Yeah, I, I know Cocoa Puffs, but I've never heard of that. But uh, yeah, so in other words, it sounds like it's complete rubbish, but how is that achievable? And I guess you've yeah. answered, you know, it's it's about that return customer rate. Now, sadly, in the Amazon world, I think it really does matter. We don't get to see those metrics as easily, or they're gradually, Amazon is sort of opening the kimono gradually, reluctantly, eventually to, to people with brand registry particularly. And there's probably so much that they'll bring out next month, which I'll have missed for this podcast. But we can, of course, get things like subscribe and save. And that comes down partly to the type of product choice. There's certain products that lend themselves to that. Famously, the Dollar Shave Club made a huge you know, business out of that. And you can do a sort of Amazon equivalent to some degree. I was buying some surgical quality face masks because I'm traveling to Germany on Tuesday and they demand that. And I could have a subscribe and save off an option. It actually took me a couple of minutes to navigate around that uh, listing to find the no, I just want it once option. So they're obviously making it more of a default. That's right. And that's one way you can build in returns. But the other thing I wanted to talk about is is you mentioned uh, bounce rate and obviously not something we get to see on Amazon. Amazon, do you see those metrics that don't share us with, with us as third-party sellers? But what other metrics could you use to indicate quality of traffic if you've got your own website? Yeah, the, the old school equivalent, I'm just putting in this in our notes, is um, the old school equivalent for brick and mortar stores is time. I heard this, this statistic once that the, there's a direct corollary between time someone spends inside a retail store, a brick and mortar store, and the amount of purchasing that they do. So it's a direct corollary. So if they're in the store for a minute and leave, they're not buying anything. If they're in the store for 10 minutes, they're buying some quantity. If they're in the store for an hour, they're buying a a certain multiple of that. So just straight time on (laughs) on station, time on site in a a Shopify store experience or or on your listing equates to higher conversion rate. That's why you want to have long form descriptions and information. You want to have as much there as you can for people to consume videos, uh, uh, multiple photos, infographics, answering all their questions. You don't want them leaving. You, you, you know, you want to create a way in which that you keep them there as long as possible. That absolutely correlates to conversion rate. And it's uh, in our notes here, Michael, I think that'd be like a fourth thing. And it's a really, really powerful thing to think about. How can you keep people on your site for maximum amount of time? And usually that gets to things like creative videos or you know, kind of ways in which they, you know, they, they might consume something longer, like uh, like long form copywriting. So you get the idea. But that's definitely one uh, specific metric. And, you know, the, the bounce rate isn't necessarily the most important thing to me. The, the bigger issue is the average time on site. And I don't know in Amazon analytics, if they give you that information, but yeah. on Shopify, it's something to behold. And, and of course, on a Shopify site, you can install, you should have Google analytics plugged in. Yeah. And that gives you a lot of detail in that regard as well. Yeah, my experience with Google Analytics is it comes down again to talking about curating. We really need to, at some point, probably should do a deep dive into how to not deep dive, if you see what I mean, which five metrics actually matter in Google Analytics because they just overwhelm you with data, don't they? Amazon's the opposite. They don't really give you any of that stuff. But what I could say is what you were just saying uh, it's a reminder to us to, if you, even if it's some of your businesses on Amazon, to really create long form content because we tend to assume 
And it's right to assume in a sense that everyone's shopping on a mobile incredibly quickly and you have to hit them over the head in your very first image. And you're, you know, and you're not yeah. wrong to do that because yeah. the majority of people, that's probably true. But I would say that that it's a good reminder that just because we're not able to see the analytics for that, that it is probably true as a best practice that we want to give people the opportunity to consume more on that listing if we can, because you know that that uh, correlation is very very well established so it's a very so good reminder actually we're 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 riffing off each other here cuz you just gave me this an additional idea and that is that i think what happens in the consumer's mind is they want to make a quick decision and we want them to make a quick decision and we know they're going to make a quick decision and the question is what satiates their questions and allows them to make a quick decision. And it's not quick info. It's not like one sentence. One sentence does, isn't a precursor to quick decision. Long uh, form copy with a lot of great information about all things related to your product. And so that people can scan it. You know, some people, uh, to use the Colby assessment tool that Michael, I know you and I like it. Some people are super quick start people. They can pull the trigger on something as fast as it can just pop into their mind. Like, oh, yeah, I'm comfortable. Okay, let's go. And those people, they'll look for, does this have all the signs? It's a good quality product. And boom, I'm ready to go. And so long form copy helps them visually, even if they don't consume every word. And then you've got the other people who want to obsess and stress over a decision. And in that case, you still want the long form copy. So long form copy and videos and those kinds of tools, infographics, all of that. They satiate people's need on both the quick decider and the long, slow decider. And so, yeah, I think that's a, a key part of this. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Just a couple of reflections on that. I think, first of all, a uh, really great point that people scan and the fact that they're scanning super fast doesn't mean that its absence wouldn't affect your conversion rate. The other way of putting it is that you might scan and then latch onto the one thing you actually care about. But if there were 20 classic objections that most uh, buyers might have that would be a resistance or a barrier to you buying them or just make them say no. You don't necessarily know which of the 20 is marketing, not sales, right? Even sales, you'd ask them and then you'd home in on that. In marketing, you have to cater to everyone, but that doesn't mean that they're going to read everything. They might just read the one thing. So that's that's one thing that strikes me. The other one is, yeah, that just because only maybe 20% of people shop more slowly and more carefully doesn't mean you want, don't want to sell to them um, because over time, even if it's only a sort of 5% bump in your conversion rate if you do the maths of how much effort and money and time you put into putting say videos or answering questions versus the additional profit profit not revenue you're going to get back I, I would swear that you'd probably find a huge return on investment i totally love that okay so there's one wrinkle here between amazon and shopify and that's that on shopify you get to control quite a bit of the checkout mechanics and mm -hmm. in amazon as a seller you don't get to participate in any of that work and so let me just talk through that for a moment for those who are listening who are Shopify sellers. I've had many, many examples when I've worked with people on their websites. I do site critiques for our, you know, as part of our in introductory work for coaching clients. And we go through their site. And sometimes people really, really struggle with sales or you know, conversion rate. And then we go through their uh, store, we check out, we buy something. And we, what we find is there's, because of the theme they used and the setup steps involved, sometimes a tangled mess of complicated checkout. And some themes are structured in such a way that checkout is simple and obvious. Some things, themes are too smart by half or whatever the phrase is. 
where they just give you too much functionality. And if you set it up wrong, there's, you know, there's little tools like, oh, fast checkout or quick, quick checkout. Well, what just happened? Where, what, where's the, you know, there's just these functionality pieces that you really want to think through and have your, your checkout experience be as, as simple as possible. The phrase that comes to mind for this is that a confused mind always says no or goes slow. And in this case, for confusion related to checkout, you don't want them to go slow. <laughs> you know, you don't you don't want them to slow down at that step. You you don't want them to be befuddled by your weird website setup. So there, that's one thing related to Shopify checkout construct or, or methodology. And there are a few bits of that you mentioned. Um, you know, buy and save or what's it, buy and, what's it called in Amazon? Subscribe and save Subscribe and in save. the Amazon world. Yeah, yeah. Same functionality exists now in Shopify. We have uh, clients who are, have installed that and are seeing it go just month after month, just more and more money flowing through the, the subscribe and save app. And so if it makes sense, if you have a consumable uh, product or something that where people are going to buy it that frequently, you know, uh, weekly, monthly, whatever, then absolutely having a subscribe and save type app installed so that people can come back or come once and then really their transaction is like a ghost in your machine. It yeah. just flows through as a new order by trigger and there the, it creates an order for you to fulfill and they haven't even needed to, you know, do anything. So that kind of magic is really really yeah. ninja stuff. I mean that's very cool stuff. So It is. And by the way, talking about, you know, just kind of blowing past something. I, I there's a book called The Automatic Customer by John Warlow, I think it is, and he's uh, done a deep dive into the economics of this and, and, and basically intentionally setting up subscription-based recurring revenue businesses. And there is huge magic in it. You can sell them for much, much bigger multiple than a sort of one onesie, twosies type business. We're talking like 10x um, profit instead of three, that sort of difference. Oh. And there is more stability in its future income stream. So as a business owner, there's more stability. For the people who buy it, there's more predictability. So it's huge. I mean, so subscriptions... Uh, should be your next obsession, I think, after conversion rate, once you've got the customer, like, mm -hmm. how do we make them subscribe? And to your point about the subscribe and save thing, and to my experience yesterday, buying these simple face masks, I don't need surgical quality face masks in London. I mean, I just, you know, have whatever fabric ones that my wife's made, and we've got other ones I've just bought. Uh, and yet some part of me was tempted to just click it and go, yeah, why not? I need face masks and just go ahead and subscribe, even though I didn't need them because they set that up as the easy default option. And I just observed part of my my brain is always observing my buying behavior as a, as a marketer. I'm like, this is fascinating, isn't it? I very nearly subscribed and saved to something I just don't need to subscribe to because it was set as a default, mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. there was a bargain. And it wasn't even the money. It was just the fact that there was an assumption closed like, oh, you want to subscribe and save, right? And I was forced to say, actually, no, I want to opt out of that. Just the same as if you get people to opt into marketing or opt out. If yeah. the default is you opt in, then you're going to get way higher subscription rates than if the default is you have to choose to opt in and so i thought that was an interesting buying experience so there you go i think i would i would really gently nudge people in the mm -hmm. direction of subscription every time you can it's my thoughts it tell me the name of that book again it's called the automatic customer by john warrillow quite, quite a complex okay. book very very good book was mostly sort of geared to SaaS businesses and stuff but i don't see that it doesn't um applied to physical products businesses and the dollar shave club is obviously that the kind of very often touted uh, example of a business that blew up because of that subscription yeah. model
Well, it's an interesting psychological scenario, isn't it? Because like in your case there, one of the factors I would assume is in people's mind is if I click this button, does that mean they're going to have stock and inventory for me in the months to come? Maybe I better just click it because I don't want to not be able to get this in the future. You know what I mean? Like it almost implies that it'll be available because it kind of makes it seem like it would be. And in a way, that's really comforting to people who are, you know, kind of stressed out about can I get toilet paper or whatever cat food or whatever I'm trying to hoard currently for the pandemic. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. I mean, I guess uh, uh, (laughs) that's an interesting wrinkle. I guess I'm imagining that this was not created with that in mind because Amazon's done subscribing, say, for what, 18 months now or something, but Mm -hmm. maybe more. I think it was pre-pandemic that it kicked Mm -hmm. off, in which case I guess it's going to be two years. But what I would say is, the marketeering me would say, oh, what I should do is just kind of twist the knife a bit, you know, mm-hmm. problem, agitate solution and say, why don't you buy 100 toilet rolls from us now, just in case you can't buy them next month. <laughs> but obviously, the supply yeah. chain manager in my company would go nuts at me because that would right. be a very bad idea. Right. So sometimes the the obvious marketing angle is not practical for your mm-hmm. business cash flow, stock management. And that's one to think through, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. a whole different topic, that is. Um, coming back though to the conversion rate optimization, I know that you got uh, you, you want to talk about the the words that we use, and that's just often kind of blown past as well because everyone says it's all about images, words don't matter, and I don't think that's true. What, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, absolutely. Another way to really radically impact conversion rate and to get towards this idea of doubling your conversion rate is copywriting and an obsession with copywriting, and so that's just you know an, an obvious area of opportunity the most effective copywriting wins. And there's something there for all of us, whether on Amazon or Shopify site or on Etsy or eBay or wherever. I think every e-commerce seller should have an arsenal of copywriting related books and really geek out over the word choices and phrases, the way in which you position your product in your copy. And so this is, you know, this is the fourth bucket. In fact, as it happens, I think what we might do for our live audience here is in this introductory session, and then we maybe do a a, a whole nother segment and we talk all about copywriting because we've got the notes for it. And that's really one of the things we can do a deep dive on. So maybe what we do, Michael, is just give me your feedback on the copywriting in general related to Amazon and and e-commerce work. And then let's wrap this episode and then we'll we'll just keep going recording wise and do a deep dive into copywriting as a a topic. Yeah. I mean, first of all, I think it's, it's absolutely critical. I think having an article of, of books, and I know you've got some really juicy ones coming up in our next episode about this. I agree with having a separate episode on it is a really important thing. The main thing I would say about this, and I'm in danger of going to be reiterating this in the next episode, but I'm going to say it again because it's important. As Perry Marshall says, who's who's a marketer who's been around for two decades, and I really respect his quality of thinking apart from anything else. He says, if you're a words-based person, you can survive on your own as a marketer. If you're an image person, you need a words person. Now, I guess he's biased because he's very much an email marketing, you know, very canny email marketer and a, a thinker, and he's not particularly a visual marketer, I think. But nevertheless, I think it's an important corrective to this idea that we can get on Amazon that you just chuck a load of pretty pictures up, and, and it's the same on Shopify, I'm sure, and then your job is done. The words do actually have an impact, and I think the way I would put it is that if you haven't clarified things into words, then it's hard to clarify the images. I think that writing well for me anyway is a way of making sure you've formed your thoughts clearly i think tim ferris mentioned this in the four-hour work week and i think once you've got very very clear thoughts about exactly why people should buy your product really then is the time and only is then the time to start 
putting together your image briefing and getting a photographer in. So for me, if nothing else, the words form the backbone conceptually of a listing. And conceptual might sound a bit abstract, but it is kind of abstract. You're actually trying to sell the abstract. You're selling a feeling of using a certain type of product in the end that is abstract. And I think as long as you recognize that, then it has great power. And so I think that's, for me, the number one reason why you should obsess with copywriting. I love that. Yeah. Okay. So if you want, let's do this. Let's wrap this episode and then we'll just jump right into this copywriting one. And if you're listening on the podcast and just hit play the next episode here, or look for the one on copywriting that impacts conversion rate. That's some title Absolutely. like that. will be, be appropriate there. Yeah. Sounds great. Well, look, can you summarize why conversion rate matters and, and the excitement of the conversion rate possibility frontier? Absolutely. Every e-commerce seller has a conversion rate. And if you can double it, you're going to dramatically improve your business. And the e-commerce you know, conversion rate possibility frontier is just a framework by which you can start to plot this out for your business. It comes down to creating changes to your system that positively impact your conversion rate. And the question is, how good can you get? Can you double it? Can you double it again? There are tools and techniques to do that. Obviously, the first thing is the quality of your traffic coming to your listing or to your website is, inc is incredibly important. The second thing is improving your on-site checkout methodology for Shopify sellers in particular. The third thing is keeping shoppers in your store, on your listing, for the maximum amount of time possible. And then the fourth thing is working to improve your copywriting to really be effective at your words and phrases that sell. And that's it, man. That's how you make radical improvements to your conversion rate. And yeah. all of us as e-commerce sellers need to work hard on this. And it's uh, going to make a big, big difference in our lives forever if we can figure out how to do this well. Amazing. Well, I love this topic. And uh, I see repeatedly, by the way, this isn't just a lovely theory. I think we both see with our clients, if you're really obsessed with conversion rate, that, that has almost magical properties because it once you do it once, it, it pays you forever. There's no additional cost. You're not selling more products. So you haven't got a cost of goods sold if you're selling physical products and you're not driving PPC so you don't have to pay for every click. So it, there mm -hmm. is magic in this economically. And for me, economic magic is business magic. So folks, if you're enjoying today's show, don't forget we've got this whole new exciting concept now with the calling out. So we're into season three of the e-commerce leader. So stay tuned as ever. Don't forget to subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Uh, do leave. A, here's the e-commerce call-in show. So Jason, do you want to just Tell us, just about to ask people to leave us uh, a rating on Apple Podcasts, and please do that. But Jason, how do we subscribe to the call-in show on the call-in app? Yeah, just to make sure everybody's heard kind of what we're doing, we have a new stream of content for this show that we're recording on another app called the Call-In App. Chris Green and Kyle Hamer are our co-hosts in that show, so it's a foursome, and we're doing our hot takes on specific topics. And then we're going to take those files stream it into the e-commerce leader, you know, uh, podcast on Spotify and Apple and all that. But you can go into the call-in app and directly subscribe and even listen live. We're recording 7 a.m. on Tuesdays. And so we'd love to have you do that in the call-in app. It is the e-commerce leader call-in show. And people are subscribing. All the cool kids are already subscribed. Just kidding. Uh, people <laughs> are subscribing. And so we just announced it this last week. And we'd love to have you subscribe to the show and follow us. It's designed to be a social podcasting tool. And if it blows up, cool, we'll be there. And so if not, then you can catch the episodes uh, on our normal feed on Spotify or Apple. So 
there you have yeah. it that's the call-in sure. yeah and i was just going to say this is part of a chance to be part of a, a new platform in its fairly early uh, days mm-hmm. in the public so come and be part of it and come and see how that works i mean the cool thing is that i think you and i jason we love podcasts as listeners we'd love doing podcasts and this is where Colin is addressing that missing piece for podcasts, which is really that lack of interactivity which facebook has uh, youtube has to a degree but which you know isn't necessarily where we want to be as podcast enthusiasts so come and be part of it and uh, experience it for yourself and it just remains for us to say uh, it's good uh, goodbye from him and it's goodbye from me and thank you so much for listening to our show all about conversion rate possibility frontiers that was the e-commerce leader podcast with michael Vizi in london england and jason miles in seattle washington If you liked this content, don't forget to subscribe to the show on your podcast app. For free resources, including PDFs and videos on topics like traffic, products and sales channels, just go to www.theecommerceleader.com. No hyphens, just as it sounds. Thanks so much for listening.